Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. We are back with another bonus episode. Um, Just in case you haven't heard, we are officially on break, but we decided this season uh, we were going to go ahead and drop some bonus content for you guys all throughout our break. So if you already are not signed up for notifications on whatever platform you listen to us on, make sure you do. That way you can be one of the first ones to know when we drop a bonus episode because you just never know. We're going to be dropping Mm -hmm. them all this break. You just never know. Um, so what we're going to be speaking about today is toxic productivity. I feel like that's a, a, a good, <laughs> especially in today's world, uh, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a, a good topic. Um, we definitely have lots of things to say about it. Um, so I wanted to start, um, as always, in true Melanated Intellects fashion, we will put our resources in the description. That way you guys have access to it. Um, but just a general or rough definition, um, toxic productivity in contrast to regular productivity is an obsessive need to always be doing or always be productive regardless of the cost to your health, relationship, and life. So I don't know, maybe that resonates with you. Maybe it doesn't, uh, but we're going to get into it here. So first question (laughs) that I'm going to toss at you, Patrice, does toxic productivity show up in your life? If so, how? Um, it did. Um, and I have spurts of it since I would say that, you know, when you, this is probably the best I've been when it comes to toxic productivity, because I recognize that's toxic and it's not being productive. In fact, for me personally, being somebody who deals with anxiety, it's actually counterproductive going into toxic productivity because it often requires not having a true plan because you haven't sat down and really think things through. You know, it's just not a stable level of productivity. You just feel the need to go, so you just keep fucking going. You should probably fucking sit down and lay down and go take a nap or something. So, yeah, back to you. Um, yes. And I think I have a similar answer. It has particularly in the, um, corporate life or work Mm -hmm. environment. It showed up a lot there. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this a little bit before, but, um, I used to always live in this constant state of feeling behind. And I think unconsciously I had kind of convinced myself that me, feeling behind was sometime, somehow assisting with my productivity when in actuality it definitely was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, for sure. I have been there. I guess there are probably times where I dip back into that. I think now, mm-hmm. which we can get into later in this episode, but I think now I have some tools to kind of ground me to put me in check um, when I get in that mode, if that makes sense. Um mm-hmm. Okay, so next question, if it has, uh, what have you done to help improve slash overcome it? Um, there's a couple of things. To change my perspective on productivity, I had to silence a lot of the things that gave me the impression that I was being productive. And so I think right now, a lot of the world is kind of in a space where we're like, either we hustling, we grinding, we starting our business, we getting that LLC, or we're on vacation, nomads, living our soft life. You know, I feel like I'm hearing Mm. both of those conversations kind of circulate in a lot of different ways, especially since the pandemic started. And people are identifying toxicity everywhere, right? Um, And I had to kind of shut out the what it means to be a content creator, to start a business, to all those things. I had to shut that out a little bit because I realized that I was starting to enlist and subscribe and kind of compare in a way that, not necessarily comparing my life, but taking taking ideas from it like, oh, okay, so my productive hours are three o'clock in the morning. That is not healthy. Take your ass to bed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Little things like that that I was doing and considering it grinding. Now, you guys have probably heard me on prior episodes talk about being up at three o'clock in the morning, just either on TikTok, thinking of ideas and all this shit. Like, that is not healthy when you work a nine to five, when you care for other people, when you care for yourself. You know what I mean? Um, 
and granted if that's your peak hour is naturally fine but i only have one peak hour session it's not twice a day and it should not be in the middle of the night for me working you know a regular nine to five as well so you know personally I feel like that was one thing I definitely had to do. And for me, I had to understand what it meant to be strong because that's another thing. Being strong for me meant stepping in, doing everything, covering everything, owning everything. And that was toxic. I had to drop the strong black woman complex. I had to drop the black excellence complex. I had to just, what works for me today, yesterday, moving forward and understand and go with that. Um, I also realized that when it comes to being productive, when I am behind on things, it makes me feel like I'm in debt to myself. So if I'm behind on laundry, if I'm behind on self-care, if I'm behind on work, you know what I'm saying? Or melanated intellect stuff, I feel like I'm in debt and I don't like that feeling. And the only way to avoid that feeling is to have a balance. So I try to give every day, give a little bit everywhere. So I feel like I've crossed my, crossed my T's, dot my eyes. Do I need to research this for my intellects? Do I need to do the dishes first thing in the morning or every night before I go to bed? Do I need to meditate before, when I wake up in the morning? Like how am I making sure that I'm giving to each of these components, even if it's a little bit. So that way, when I get to a certain point, I don't look back and feel like, damn, I'm behind on everything. So for me, it's understanding what that balance is for me. So I know I'm covering everything. I'm not flipping the fuck out in two weeks, but I'm also not overwhelming and dedicating one day to cleaning, one day to work because that doesn't work for me. I need to balance it every day just to keep maintenance going. So, yeah. So what I hear you saying is that you've made an adjustment to what works best for you to be productive, not Mm -hmm. society or them, whoever them is, idea of what productivity may be. Correct. Yes. Thank you for summarizing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, True Shayla fashion. Okay. So for me, I think, oh man, there's so much that I could say about this. Um, Mm-hmm. Okay, so my feeling of being behind one is false because I actually very rarely miss a deadline. So like I'm I'm not really behind. I'm behind where I want to be on something, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I think sometimes checking myself and like no one said that you should be at this particular point, but you, mm-hmm. right? Like giving your <laughs> right. Like I mean, of course we it's life, right? So we all have deadlines mm-hmm. that are hard. They're external that, you know, job, work, bills, et cetera. Right. But right. like other deadlines that you have set, you said you want to do that by Thursday or by the age of 30 or by whatever you set that. So you cannot set that. You can change that. Right. Um, and I, that took me a long time to even be like, I could just simply change that because a lot of times people don't even know that that's what I'm attempting to do. Cause I set the goal. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I think some other things and I've talked about this before, but I'll reiterate, um, to do lists. I'm, I'm, I love a good list of any kind really, but particularly a to do list. And, um, you know, I used to have like 12 things on the to do list, even though I really only knew that I could get about four or five done today. Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, dang, I only got four or five done. Right. Because it was unrealistic to begin with. Um, And so what I've done is adjusted that. So Mm -hmm. for for one, subtract one. So if you think you can get five done, make it four. And then anything you do over the four is now bonus. Right. So at the end of the day, let's say I still done five. There were still 12 things on the list. I still have done five. But the message that sends to my brain says, Ooh, you did one extra today. Not, Mm -hmm. Oh, you've only done five. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different Mm -hmm. programming for me, um, on the feeling. Technically there's no, the number of things I did stayed the same. Um, I think, um, having a schedule that works for me, I've talked about this before on how I've, you know, over the years, recent years, struggled with the schedule and have changed things to really work for me. Um, And I think adding flexibility in really helps. I am more productive the more breaks I have. Mm -hmm. And I can actually feel myself, like let's say I'm like, okay, I'm gonna work for two hours, right? At like an hour and 36, 38-ish minutes, 
I start losing me picking mm-hmm. up the phone you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. the thoughts start wondering right so mm-hmm. like use that allow you know kind of test yourself or put yourself in this environment where you can kind of understand like maybe for me it's an hour and a half or maybe for someone else is you know it's longer than that or it's shorter than that when are you most productive or how long are you productive for? Because we have really short attention spans. I feel like there's been a lot of studies done about that, especially current day, just because of the environment we're in, right? So don't Mm -hmm. force yourself to work for four or five or six or seven or eight hours straight, if you can help it, of course. Um, I'm trying to think what else um, has helped me to overcome or improve. Those are the main ones that I can think of. My to-do list was really big. Scheduling breaks for myself consistently and taking the breaks. Mm-hmm. Like, and take them. Because sometimes you schedule the breaks, but you don't take them. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, all that has made a really big impact. Um, you know what I'm also hearing? Redefining what success means, too. Like, some people legit feel like, I'm successful if I've done a 10 hour shift, you know what I'm saying? Or mm. I've done X, Y, Z amount of things that shouldn't be on your to-do list for one day. You know what I'm saying? Realistically or in a healthy way anyway. And I think, you know, having that conversation takes a lot of work because how we determine success is based off our upbringing, what we observe coming up, what we see today in our world. To your point, the autonomy of your day you know what i'm saying i think if you're in a call center type job for example where you're certain hours on the phone and somebody else is telling you when to break that's probably not as easy as if you're able to kind of control your own day and i can absolutely agree how that almost wires people some of these beginner jobs that we start off in whether it be retail or call center whatever your background is you know that or even school for example that can almost wire you to stay on a very long schedule until you almost burn out. And that can create toxic productivity easily. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I kid you not, to this day, defining success is something me and my therapist discuss all the damn time. Because I'm still coming to terms of what I want today to look like and what I want a year from today to look like. The good news is it's today and it's not me feeling like I'm behind anymore because I had the same feeling when it came to my goals. And it literally used to put me into a full all-out depression. There was mm-hmm. nothing I could do to hit that goal because what I determined to be successful was just not even my story, to be real with you. But um, I think that that's a huge piece. How do you define success? Where did you get this from? And what do you do every day to get there? And does it really make sense for you? Mm. I think that's true. Okay, so two parts. So one, um, even, which was, that was going to be a question we transitioned to anyway, was how have you seen it personally show up in corporate culture? Mm. Uh, But I think even if you're in a job, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for other people where, you know, you have a set, you know what I mean? Schedule mm-hmm. and like, here's where you're supposed to go to break and da, 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 da. There will be times where I would work on my break, even in those environments. Yeah. So same. even in those yeah, environments, make sure that you are still taking the break or lunch that that's they assigned true. you. Right. Damn, because true. even then, you know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> I did not always take mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Corporate culture, I think. Um, what sticks out to me in relation to quote unquote success is this idea of a hard worker, right? So I had always been known as a hard worker, right? And what hard working looks like. And then I'm, I don't want to assume this is for everyone, but I know like if I got to a new job or if I got to a new department, my hard working and I'm using air quotes would, you know, go up a notch, right? Because now you have something to prove to the new department or the new environment, who whatever, a new job, whatever the newness is, right? You have something mm-hmm. to prove that you're a quote unquote hard worker or a good worker or what, whatever the case may be. Um, so I think in, I think this is changing um, a lot for a lot of companies, but I think prior to essentially like now, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, working hard and working long hours was something that not only was expected, but in a lot of ways celebrated or, you know, kind of looked at as this thing that one should be doing. And, um, I was just such a victim to myself and always coming in early, always staying late, always taking on additional tasks. And there's nothing wrong with taking on additional tasks or staying late periodically, right. To get something done, but to constantly Mm -hmm. be in that state to me is where it becomes toxic. Yep. I feel like the perfect, 
for me anyway, the perfect job, because I'm going to give my, like, I, I am a hard worker, you know what I'm saying, by description, I am, you know, um, and I do take pride out of how much work I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So sometimes that does require later days, but to me, I have to have a balance. There has to be short days as well as the long days, you know what I'm saying, and then there's like some mediocre days we'll be getting out on time. You know, there, there can't be consistently long days. And I've been in jobs where I've had to do that. And that shit burns you out. It does something to you psychologically. It really does. When you don't have time for you to take care of you and maintain the, ba- the basic necessities to keep your quality of life or have some type of quality of life, whether it be working out, cooking for yourself, taking care of your family, or just you, skincare, anything, you don't have time for that, that can, that does something to you psychologically. And I think that's what this pandemic has even heightened it more. So once people were able to go home and see how much time they weren't putting into their homes, like, it's funny. I was looking at this old photo. I think I like took a random selfie or something at the beginning of the pandemic. And my apartment had like barely any art, nothing. I had been in here probably, I think a year at that point. But when I moved in, I started a new job. And like the job, I just hit the ground running. And so my apartment was not decorated, hardly any, like nothing. And I was thinking about today, like, damn, I really like decorating, got comfortable, settled in, like thinking about all the stuff that I've done to it. And I was like, I was in here a year. And I remember just feeling like once the pandemic hit and I had to be here all the time, these blank walls have had no love. Like they were, just, there was no investment even in my space. But being home made me realize, like, damn, I want to, this is supposed to be my home, my sanctuary. I haven't even poured into it yet. And I even noticed because I was so go, 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 and so much was happening at that time. Just like, damn, like, when was I ever going to look back and say, what about Patrice? Like, what about home? What about me? You know what I mean? Um, I definitely feel like that happens in our day to day, even if it's something as small as how we're spending our weekends. If you think about it, if you only have Saturday and Sunday off from work, that's your only time to run your errands. That's your only time to take care of necessities. When is your real day off? When is your real time to relax? Are you squeezing it and forcing it? Like, that's just so unhealthy. Agreed. Yeah. And I think um, that's how I know I'm in a toxic productivity state because mm-hmm. there's neglect in other areas that would normally be very important to me or mm-hmm. maybe are, maybe they have not been important to me but I know they should be right Right. because that's really where you know if you have to question like ah does the productivity become unhealthy or not like that's where the line to me that's the determining factor of like Mm -hmm. of that um and then not to mention you know you can you are whether you believe it or not more productive when you have had time to pour into (laughs) you when you have had time to have a moment to do some of your favorite activities to hang out with friends, whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. your non-productive activities are. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to mention sometimes I I know I'm antisocial, right? We talked about that. Sometimes hanging out with other people is a state of productivity for me because I have a low social battery. So depend hanging out with other people is also something I have to be conscious of or monitor or be aware of, because if I do that too much, in addition to whatever my work is that would normally be productive, it impacts it, even though we don't consider in hanging out with people, quote unquote, productive, right? Um, it still impacts my energy level. So that's something mm-hmm. to be, you know, aware of. Yeah, no, about. and that's real. I feel like with, things settling down for a second with COVID, like I realized just how much of an omnivore I am. If that's the word, I can't remember, but the blend between the, yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's the, the middle vert, that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the introvert and the extrovert combo. Yes. I realized it. And at first, you know, you know, this, I used to be way more on the extrovert side. And introverted, you know what I'm saying? Every I had a schedule back in the day that I used to keep. Like, one weekend I had to spend out doing my thing. No, no, one weekend I had to spend at home. Mm. I couldn't spend every weekend at home. Just one I had to dedicate to myself. Now it's, like, reversed. <laughs> it's 
completely reversed. And my social, like I, I experienced a social battery and I was like, damn, like this is what that shit is like. And at first it was just because I, you know, I had that boundary because I just like to be out. It was important for me to get out and exercise that muscle. And I don't know if it's a muscle, but I'm gonna call it a muscle. Like it was important for me to do that. It made me feel like I was feeding that part of myself that didn't include work, didn't include, you know what I'm saying? All these other things. It was just fun, you know, but now I've have found ways to still feed that side. You know what I'm saying? Now that I've gotten, you know, or obviously custom being at home, but I also realized that, you know, just productivity looks different. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more self-care in there that sometimes doesn't include other people. Sometimes it does, but I think it's important for you to also define what productivity means to you. Don't let society do that. It's important for you to have that balance and for you to set that pace and also adjust it. Who knows? Like maybe six months from now, I'm, I may start to become more of an extrovert. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this is just because I'm fresh out of the whole lockdown pandemic thing. I don't know. Who knows? I, I think it's important to be able to decide how you feel and do what feels right to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, versus off what other folks' impression of, of it is. And I consider, and that's another thing, how we define productivity is also like a big problem. It really is. Like, Hanging out with your people is productive. Like, that is giving back to you. That's also taking mm. care of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that not? Laying in the bed is productive. You need to recharge. If you do not recharge, you mm. cannot keep going at the pace you were going at. Watching a movie, reading a book, an extra long bubble bath, that is all productive. It's all giving back to you. I just wish that people didn't only associate the word productive with corporate culture or hustle and grind and all of those things. Mm, yeah, I agree. I think that's so true. Um, and I think that's part of the key into, you know, the question we were talking about, how do you improve it? How do you overcome it? Mm-hmm. I think expanding your definition of productivity um, is important. Mm-hmm. We touched on this a little bit, very, very little bit at the end of um, In Our Mother's Gardens. We did an yes. episode. Netflix yeah. is a... Um, Netflix has a documentary called In Our Mother's Gardens. If you're not familiar, that was that was season two. Yeah, season two. Um, we did an episode about it. Um, I'm pretty confident. I was with like, two. ooh, yeah. Scroll ooh. back through. Uh, y'all can find it. But I'm pretty confident with season two. <laughs> One of them. Um, but anyway, she there was this woman in this um, in the documentary that was kind of speaking about how she comes from this very hardworking family, kind of farm town right and how she was kind of struggling with explaining this new dynamic to them about productivity and work because she worked so hard and you know I think she's in more of a you know um corporate environment owns her own business etc um and she was just talking about that challenge so I think um culturally depending mm-hmm. on your background and particularly in our community, right? What we consider to be hard work and things of that nature can, can have an impact too, because that was going to lead me to my next question. How do we think we learned toxic productivity and what do we think healthy productivity looks like? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. okay. You know, from corporate culture to African Americans have a history of being slaves you know, there's still a lot of habits that we have that I don't think even we realize that we have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, personally, directly for my family, I think I've shared, you know, my dad's worked his entire life. Labor. His first job at night was picking cotton alongside my grandpa. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and then, you know, I've done the whole ancestry thing and I come from a line of sharecroppers. So, I, you know, when you think about that, break your back type labor a whole culture or even a family line coming out of that that sets the precedent for hard work my dad has always worked that hard my entire life and I definitely get that hard work side from him now I will say similar to most of us millennials I saw that and said I do not want to work that hard I want to be able to see my family I want to be able to sleep (laughs) full night's Rest, you know what I'm saying? I want regular days off. You know, I want these things. I did see that and I learned from it. But I also still have habits where I have to catch myself. You know, um, 
which is why I love us millennials for finding other ways and stepping up and forcing even the workforce to kind of crumble and literally bet they are kind of bowing to our whim like okay we gotta add this benefit we gotta add that benefit we got this benefit because we're literally not taking it and i really do appreciate that um about our generation and gen z as well for calling it out and changing the way that that looks for us i think it's going to be very beneficial to the next generations to come like we're putting in a lot of work from a workforce standpoint that is doing a lot of good um but i think that that is for me anyway i know for a fact where i get it and i think also being raised by african americans who grew up in the Jim Crow era, who grew up in the um, integration era, that also has a precedent too. I think we've talked about this too, like how you show up to work looks different. You know what I'm saying? How you show up, when you're raised by this generation of people, they weren't allowed to just show up any type of way because they were trying to make their paycheck. So they had to conform. There wasn't a lot of room to establish what we call the culture today. Whereas we have that freedom to be able to do that a lot more. And I think that, you know, we, some of us who grew up, however, with them as our parents, they look at us as like just rebel, rebellious period. You know what I mean? But still, Mm -hmm. we still have a little bit of that habit too. You know what I'm saying? How we show up to work definitely matters. First impressions, shaking firm hands, all that. And also how we define productivity as well. Um, So I think that that's a big piece of it too. You know, culture, there's going to be what you saw your parents doing, what you saw your family doing. That's all of that comes together and defines who we are today. But again, I do think we are changing it. I agree. Yeah. Um, when I think about that question, it breaks down in so many different ways for me. Um, of course, within the African-American community, um, you know, a lot of us, we know there's a stereotype out there that we're lazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so fighting against that, which is ironic considering you know we worked hard for hundreds of years right <laughs> it's, it's like you know it's it's, it's a complete yeah. contra this stereotype is a complete contradiction but um but it's a stereotype nonetheless right and so mm-hmm. you know that the idea that we had to work harder than um anyone else in the room right um, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know some may even say that that's twofold for women right double mm-hmm. minority right um, just to get noticed, just to be recognized, just to go to where it is you need to go. Um, and in some spaces you do need to work twice as hard. Um, mm-hmm. so I think culturally that's there, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you have not been raised with that mindset, then I, I would bet that you probably know someone that was yeah. in our community. Absolutely. Um, I think similar to you, my dad has worked really hard for a long time. Um, overtime, additional hours, multiple jobs. He's worked two jobs for as long as I can remember. And at one point in time, he worked three. Um, and then me and my sister for a long period of time, we worked two jobs and people used to, (laughs) people used to be like, y'all married? You'd be like, no, no. They'd be like, y'all, you, you got kids? Like, no, no. They'd be like, why are you working? <laughs> why are you working two jobs? Both of us had two jobs. I think I had mine for like five years. Um, and yeah. I think she had hers for like maybe three or four. Um, so within our family dynamic, right, um, that mm-hmm. definitely showed up. And then I think America, right? Yep. So like going back to corporate, right? Um, employee of the month, all sorts of recognition, all of these things, a lot of these things are based off of productivity and then don't be in a job that's really productive, like where you can really, like where it's finite, right? Like maybe like yeah. a, a factory job or even a call center mm-hmm. job, right? Like those become very metric driven roles where it becomes less, is is less um, ambiguity around how you're successful. It's very clear. Like, did you hit a hundred? Did you hit 150? Did you, did you right. do more than anybody else? Right. Right. Um, so I just think how we're set up as a society in America, period, to me, kind of breeds a, a breeding ground for a toxic productivity mindset. Yep. Yep. You know? I absolutely agree. Um, and I feel like I want to say, and I'm pulling this out my ass, y'all, I have not looked this up, but I feel like based off old history books way back when, when, when that was born out of like the Industrial Revolution. 
the whole five day work mm-hmm. weeks, 40 hours a week. I believe that's when I was born when they were trying to recover the economy. And I feel like we're past that. <laughs> <laughs> I see conversations all the time on LinkedIn about, you know, bringing back the four day work week, you know, and uh, schedule autonomy and things like that. I see that all the time. And some CEOs are doing it now where there are some companies are proposing and uh, we only work four days a week. That's it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know personally that I would ever register Friday as a weekend day. I honestly don't know that. I mean, Hmm, I don't know that it would ever not be Friday. Like even people who I know who aren't working, they still handle Monday through Friday as a work day. Hmm. In the weekend as weekends. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know that after so many years of using Friday being my before the weekend that I wouldn't use it as so and I would shift it to third. I I don't know. Um, But I mean, of course, I would embrace it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't fight that. But um, I think that, again, I think that goes to speak to how we're trying to change a lot of what has been kind of just put on us for the most part. Um, I see a lot of conversations, especially with the black culture right now, where we are looking for that autonomy in our personal lives. And I, and I think that's very healthy. Again, probably seem like a bunch of lost artists to our, to our elders and to our parents, you know what I'm saying? But I see a lot of success out of it too. Like people are really, like I used to say at the beginning of the season, going against the grain and really trying to find what works for them. And I think that's the best way to go about it. I think that's going to continue to push these conversations. I think it was, what was I looking at? And I saw where they were like, the people that founded, you know, the, or the economy that founded this nation wasn't made of these big companies with thousands of employees. It was a bunch of blacksmiths, you know, tinkers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, doctors and, you know, a bunch of little small businesses is how this economy came to be built at the very beginning. Oh, that is so true. That's very true. Now, in the digital world, I don't know how that works. But I just thought that is so true. And it really brought perspective to me. Like, could you imagine everybody you know owning their own practice or whatever they're doing, whatever they like to do, that being passed down to their family or whatever the case is, they make their income, they make their schedule, like, and it's just kind of how things work. Like, that would be very interesting. But, um, yeah, I think that there is definitely a shift happening, though, especially after this pandemic. So many businesses were started. So many businesses were starting to during this pandemic alone and they're thriving. Agreed. Yeah. I think the pandemic was kind of a turning point for people in general when it came to the standard or traditional job mm-hmm. and what that job required. So I agree. Um, I don't know if it was just because people became work from home and they wanted more of that, or yeah. I'm not certain if just so many people lost loved ones that just, having more experiences in life outside of the hustle and the grind was important or yeah. if it was a combination or, or something maybe that I don't even know. Um, but it, it was definitely, it still is, I think, um, a really pivotal point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. I want to pivot to, so the second part of that was what we think healthy productivity looks like. Um, now the article did mention, and this is a psychology today article. Again, I will, um, as always, you know, give you guys access to it. Um, it was talking about our need to sometimes, um, like be presented with a problem, maybe, Mm. you know, by another person and then immediately feel that we need to address it. And it was talking about asking yourself questions like, Hey, if this waited 24 hours, if this waited till next week, like, could it right. And giving ourselves the option to kind of let things process because in this fast paced Mm. world, we just, we don't allow things to process enough. We're we're so focused on doing that. We have, Mm. we may not have even come up with a good plan yet on what we're going to do. We just go out there and do Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it was giving tips, if you will. Um, and some of the tips that it gave as far as, you know, moving towards a more healthy uh, productivity mindset was giving yourself permission to discern, you know, like not everything needs to be resolved um, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise your emotional intelligence. 
So um, kind of acknowledge what you're feeling, you know, sit in those feelings for a minute, address it, um, maybe figure out an unmet need, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, cultivate your curiosity, which is like spending more time contemplating, um, understanding uh, your desired outcome and addressing or dealing with the other parties involved to the issue. Um, and asking good questions. So it was talking about asking good questions in relation to the problem for us to solve them, particularly open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Is that be choosy about your actions. I guess they want you to be a little bougie. You know what I'm saying? Be mm-hmm. choosy <laughs> when it comes to every, because not every situation desire needs a response. And that's so true. Um, and then the last was enact boundaries and practice self care. So, you know, make sure that you put some boundaries in place to, in the places that you need to do so. And then of course, make sure you have enjoyable hobbies. Um, but I want to know what is your personal perspective, um, on that Patrice, as far as what do you think healthy productivity looks like, whether it's based off of, you know, these things mentioned in an article or not. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of a few of these, um, because I have to ask myself, like, all right, anxiety is kicking in. <laughs> Who said this? Did anybody say this? Did anybody say you were behind and you were not doing this or they felt like that? Who said this? Okay, just you. Shut the hell up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, go lay down. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Time out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to gain perspective because I'll be so worried about, in my mind, I'm trying to be proactive. I'm trying to get ahead of potential problems. There's always going to be a potential problem, no matter Mm. what the situation is. And understanding that will help you identify a healthy boundary on what it means to be proactive. You know, for me, I'm going to try to address potential problems that were never, ever, they were the furthest from ever happening. Okay. And that creates overwhelm. That creates panic. And I also know me. The more I feel like this, the more I'm going to get into toxic productivity. Because mm. now there's an urgency. Everything's behind the guy. Fix this, 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 this. I can't tell you how many times I'll look at like the end of the month and be like, damn, I ain't do this, I ain't do this, I ain't do this, and I ain't do this. I'm like, what the hell have I been doing? And I have to go through and scroll back on my calendar and see how booked I am and be like, girl. Your ass been working. That's what the fuck you been doing. Calm your ass. Go lay down. Drink some Sprite. Go lay ginger ale. Go lay down. You know, I have to tell myself these things just to give myself perspective. There's a lot of active coaching, especially because I do have a lot of anxiety and I've talked about this in the past. So there's a constant coaching to keep myself calm. And sometimes I literally have to close my laptop and step away because it's like you are going at a pace that you can't even think clearly you're going to start to make mistakes and then you're going to piss yourself off. Like you need to move, step aside, put together a plan. And I know when I'm doing that, I'm just moving blindly. I have not put together some type of strategy. I have not thought this through. I'm just trying to hurry up and address every single fire because each fire is as big as the next one. That's not how to operate. Identify urgency, identify priority and move accordingly. You, before you know it, you're moving a lot smarter and not harder once you can actually sit down and put together a plan. But it takes that pause. And you can only think clearly when you're at that pause. You can't do it while you're all up in the mist, freaking the fuck out. That's just not how things work. So that's probably, so that's why I say it's like a combination of this list here, because it's a couple of those things. Yeah. Um, I think for me, healthy productivity, what could I boil it down to? Um, harmony. Um, I don't want to say balance. I've talked about this before. Balance um, suggests equal 50-50. But I think harmony is more like these th- these aspects of my life working together harmoniously to create this environment for me, right? And a lot of times for me, that involves a loose or sometimes firm schedule, right? So like a lot of my family and friends are on a schedule, whether they don't realize it or not. Some of them know it, some of them don't know it. Because if I don't, then I won't ever contact them and then... In my mind, I'd be like, oh, dang, I forgot to reach out to so-and-so. Dang, I wonder how so-and-so was doing. Dang, you know, she had something happen and I seen it on Instagram and I meant to text her and I didn't have the opportunity to text her, right? So, like, that's just an example for me. Like, so other people be like, that's so structured. That sounds so weird. I have said that I'm antisocial, right? So we know that, like, me having social interactions requires energy of me, right? So if I'm not intentional 
about that, then mm-hmm. some of those things might not get done, right? But so that lives in harmony with my um, self-care routine, right? So like meditating, journaling, right? Taking care of my hair, et cetera. You know, whatever mm-hmm. I put into that doesn't mean I need to do all those things every day. I don't necessarily reach out to a loved one every day, but I just have them work harmoniously. And that's how I know I'm in healthy productivity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also the one, uh, the things that I were listening from the article that kind of stuck out to me the most was discerning. Um, because I've talked before about how, you know, I'm a go-to person for a lot of people, right? So they come to me with, you know, uh, a problem or something that they want my feedback on or suggestion or whatever. And, um, I used to really avoid doing this because I felt like I didn't have the time because I felt like I was behind. Right. Okay. Um, but sometimes I take the moment to give people a resource or a tool or teach them what they're coming to me for, because then going forward, you know, X amount of months from now, X amount of years from now, they may not need me for that task the way they need me today. Right. So if it's something that like, Hey, Shayla always make the best red cupcakes. Cool. You always come to me for the red cupcakes. You know what? Why this time we make the red cupcakes together. Next mm-hmm. time, I'm going to watch you make the red cupcakes. Going <laughs> forward, next time you want to make red cupcakes, all you got to do is call me and ask for some advice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, so mm-hmm. I, I've called myself trying to think long term um, about, you know, these problems that might come up that maybe in the past would feel like emergencies, Kind of like they said, discerning, taking a moment like, hey, you know, does this need addressing right now? Or if it does, does it have to be addressed fully right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some things that kind of come up for me. The, the question that kind of p- piggybacks that is if we think we're in healthy productivity. I think it ebbs and flows. Um, mm-hmm. I think in my perfect world, it would be that way all the time. I think I can only hope to increase the percentage of healthy productivity in comparison to toxic productivity where all the work in progress, right? Growth mm-hmm. um, happens slowly over time. So, um, yeah, I think it ebbs and flows. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm still dealing with when things get thrown in to my little schedule and structure here. And kind of adjusting to it. Like, even just traveling for that month that I was traveling about a month ago. I don't know why I said it that way, but a month ago. Um, even that, like, took adjustment when I got home, getting back into my adjustment. Like, my eating was off. Girl, my eating was... It's, I'm just getting back on track. I've been home for about a month. I am just came back on track. Um, like, laundry schedules are off. Like, things like that, you know what I'm saying? My, my daily maintenance, I had to, like, really get back on it. Um, since I've been home, I've been going to the gym every day. So things like that, where I'm like, okay, how do I balance everything I want? So like, as I'm adjusting things, you know what I'm saying? And trying to incorporate new things or, uh, for that reason, a stop is put on it, that it, it throws me off and I have to kind of restructure. Um, when I was in the East coast and working on West coast time zone, that threw me off. So I think like I, I need to kind of become more adaptable with it. So it doesn't create anxiety. All I have to do is, okay, let's stop. Hold on. Hold on. So what do we need? Okay. Move this up, move this around, do mm. this. Okay. It's done versus stumbling through it and panicking. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think practice makes perfect. And you know, as I'm adjusting to things again um, and learning this new outlook that I have on my productivity outside of like pandemic lockdown and being home so much, I think I'll get better at it, but I think I'm still kind of in a learning phase. Um, Anxiety will always be a daily struggle. The good news is I'm aware of that. So I know to coach myself and walk myself through it, but there will be times where like deadlines get intense. Something's thrown at me where I have to be like, all right, perception, you'll be fine people and it's so funny because people don't perceive me to be anxious they don't they think i'm like one of the people, calmest people 
a lot of people who have anxiety, other people are like, what? I would have never guessed that about you. That's, I feel like that's not that uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't perceive it at all. And sometimes I worry about that because I want them to think I don't take them as urgent. It's just, you don't want to see my urgency. (laughs) You might think I can't handle it. If you see what's happening inside my mind right now, you know? So for me, the best thing is to always breathe through it. Stay calm. Remember my meditation. Remember my time to myself. Remember to consciously stay on top of how things are being reflected in my mind and make sure it's accurate. So I'm not overwhelming myself and doing more harm. The idea is to work smarter, not harder. And the only way to do that is to sit down and come up with a strategy. Like strategy is what we need to plan, to plan, to plan. And as long as I have that, I'll be fine. And at some point it becomes a routine. You don't even think about it. But again, that's where when you have things that change come in, can knock you off your routine. You got to get back on. But, um, I will say that I'm happy about my routine, but there's still growth. There's still opportunity to improve. So that way I can better plan ahead when I'm traveling and things like that. Um, To piggyback off of you said, as far as like strategy and sitting down and coming up with a plan, I will plan to plan. Um, Mm -hmm. So one thing I do to help with like the chatter, like I said, I love a list and I give myself permission to no longer worry about once it's scheduled or on my list. Right. So like, you know, Hey, this trip is coming. I really want to plan something for this trip, right? Because it'll be on your mind until something is done because you're actively trying not to forget it, at least for me. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of other people are that way, right? So then I'm like, you know what? The trip is happening in this month. Let me backtrack three months prior. I'm going to put it in my schedule and put a notification. And then just in case I don't see that notification, I'm going to go forward a week and I'm going to put a notification there. Mm -hmm. That gives me rest mentally to be like Shayla let it go you didn't scan you didn't you know pre-planned it Mm -hmm. because one person I really trust is past Shayla she really be having (laughs) it together sometimes I'd be like I'd be really impressed with her I'd be like damn she put everything I needed in here she put all the details she put like what what where I'm going and what Airbnb we Mm -hmm. liked and she put everything in this calendar invite right because I've I've forgotten current Shayla has forgotten what past Shayla did because I literally let it go Mm. Um, and maybe you already answered this question, but the next question was going to be, um, have you known your productivity or toxic productivity to get better or worse in certain times of your life? Um, so I know, let me think about this. Um, yes. Uh, but let me see if I can think of a certain or particular time. Yeah, I agree. Right. When things happen to kind of throw it off, I think, Me fighting, how can I say it? Me staying committed to what was previously planned, even though life has obviously taken things in a different direction, Mm -hmm. is the part that is that holds me back the most when it comes Mm -hmm. to the answer to that question. The Mm -hmm. sooner I can acknowledge that I am in a moment where whatever was scheduled or planned and I, and I have learned to really try to put flexibility in the plan too. But even if that does not work, my me giving up on that and creating a new one will help me transition that better. So I hope what I'm saying makes sense. No, it does. It does. Um, Yes, Uh, there will be, for me, it's always going to be, um, well, I shouldn't say it this way. My most recent example will be those, in fact, most people don't know because I have not announced it, but my grandfather passed away last month. So that was probably the most frantic for the longest amount of time that I have been in a long time. And the anxiety that came with that just naturally me not being on my game created that much more anxiety because now I'm triple questioning everything I'm doing. Um, and honestly, I think the hardest part was because I fought it so long to your point. I fought the grief for like two weeks. I want to say before I finally gave into it. And so that created a lot of mess that I still find myself now a month later being like, why did you put that there? And then I go back like, when did I do this? I'm like, Oh, that's when because I was fucking up the whole time <laughs> like and honestly I think that's a very me and a few of my coworkers talk about this all the time that's a very telling 
time for, in my opinion anyway, if you realize you need to take a break to stop the pause to hold because of life, because of emotional things, because just shit in general, the sooner you accept it and work through it, the better. I can't remember who said, I think it was, it was my therapist. She's so amazing. <laughs> she said, the only way to deal with trauma or emotional anything is to work through it. You cannot go around it. The more you fight it, that's just, just going to get bigger and bigger and get, it's going to move with you and it's going to slow you down. You have to work through it. And sometimes that does require a pause. And when you don't do that, that's when, for me, that's when I resort to that toxic productivity. That's when I resort to that frantic, anxious mess, you know, and it takes time to recover from that alone in addition to whatever it was that actually started it. So I feel like that, those are the times that absolutely trigger me back into it. Um, and honestly, I'm still recovering from it literally right now. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, well, particularly, yes, of course, in the case of grief. Um, but, but just, I think my resistance just come from not wanting to change what was working mm-hmm. regard, you know, regardless of the reason, you know what I mean? Just that resistance at first. And I got to be like, you've been going on day four of this schedule and it ain't working. Shelly. You better go ahead and adjust mm. it. You better adjust. Cause mm. you, you help you better by being like, Ooh, something happened and I'm not going to be able to keep what I previously thought. Let me pivot. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think acknowledging that resistance is important for me. For me, I feel like life changes the world, like, especially today with there's so many triggers, even on the internet, social media, the news. You could look at something or hear something and be put at a pause much longer than you planned, and now your day is kind of fucked up. Bad days happen, and sometimes it don't even take all that, sometimes it's just a damn bad day. And I, and and that's okay. I think the sooner you acknowledge that, the better. The thing about productivity too, it's not supposed to look like a hundred percent every single day. Mm. Sometimes it's twenty percent. Sometimes it's fifty percent. Sometimes it's eighty percent. That to me is a healthy boundary when it comes to productivity and expectations. I cannot go a hundred percent every single day. Mm. I will burn. I will crash. I have to fluctuate. 20% is probably a little low for my anxiety, but probably like 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll say 35, 40. You, know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you see it keeps increasing? Yeah, problems. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but there has to be a fluctuating balance. Every day you can't give your all. And I think it's okay. That's that's healthy. Some Mondays are trash. The Monday blues hit a little harder this week. I'm going to take it fucking slow. Or I'm going to plan a specifically just admin day where I don't fucking talk to a single soul. But productive to me means that I'm responding to my emails. I'm getting all my administrative work done or whatever the case is, but I'm not talking to people. I think it's okay to have that boundary too and fluctuate it as necessary. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, agreed. So we hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this bonus episode yeah. and that you will turn on your notifications so that you'll be aware of the next bonus episode because you just never know when it mm-hmm. might be coming out. Um, as always, like, share, subscribe. If you haven't already, please go join us on IG at Melanated Intellects. Uh, Patrice, is there anything else you want to add before we head out? Take care of yourselves out there, folks, and we will be back next time. Bye. Bye.